I am stepping out of my comfort zone. I am going to be using my iPad today. <laughs> you guys are in for a laugh. Yeah. Good morning and praise the Lord. Uh, thanks, our uh, music team, for bringing us in to uh, a heart attitude of worship before God um, as we did it in music and now we come um, with the word and Scott has uh, is bringing to a closure um, the series on the book of Acts and if I may put out that the book of Acts is the Acts of Paul the Acts of Peter the acts of the Holy Spirit, these acts of these three working together to establish the church in all of its glory um, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Scott's been taking us through. Next week, he's going to close out the series in the book of Acts. And he directed me this morning into the chapter 20 in the book of Acts. And we'll be looking at a few verses there, 17 through 24. As we get started, let me ask you quite well, Mike, you, Mike, right? Yes. He was coming up from Texas, turned on the radio, and what he listened to, as he told us, was an account after an account after an account of bad news. When you turn on the nightly news, what percentage of bad news to good news is there? Bad news, how much? 99%. <laughs> yeah, Brian Williams, you know, he, after 29 minutes of bad news, and he says, oh, we're going to have this little good news for you at the end. Kind of like that makes up for the last 29 minutes. Is that all the good news that there is? We can easily get focused on the bad news that's definitely in this world and definitely... Um, is a burden to all of us. We've all experienced that. And it's funny how quickly um, we go around as a people to testify, uh, to give a verbal account of that bad news. When we hear it, we seem to pass it on. Did you hear about? Did you hear about? What was on the news? What's going on in the Middle East? Did you hear about? And we, we give a witness to that, so to speak. Well, this morning, I want to encourage you to change the dialogue of your testament, what you testify about, and rather the bad news, to think about giving a testimony towards the good news in your life, and to pass that on as an encouragement to strengthen others and to comfort others with a word of good news, good news. Um, We've all gotten excited or very passionate about something that we really love. Um, and when that happens in our lives, we, you know, Todd falling in love, his mouth was just going to tell us about Tiffany, you know. It was good news to him, and he wanted to pass good news on. You ever been excited and passionate about something where you couldn't keep your mouth shut about the good news? Anybody got a, a little example? You know, something that you were so excited about, so passionate about, you just could not keep your mouth shut. 
You had to tell somebody. Oh, come on. <laughs> think, I mean, you can think faster. There you go. When you have your first child, second child, third child, fourth child, every time they come, you've got to tell somebody. You're on the phone sharing the good news of new life coming into the world, and you've got to be a part of that. And you would go around telling most everybody that good news. And you do it kind of like the first things that come out of your, your mouth. Not always. But when we get excited and passionate about something, a travel experience, some fulfillment of a dream in our life, some place we've experienced, we've traveled to, and man, that just so impacted our lives when we get home from our travel experience, we share it's one of the first things we share. About. Boy, let me tell you about this place. Incredible experience. It's good news. We want to tell it to everyone we come in contact. It's natural. We do it free willing. There's no compulsion to it in terms of I have to do it. I want to do it. We want to share that type of good news. Got to tell somebody. Well, what about in our spiritual lives? That's, that's what we're here today about, to look at our spiritual lives. And how is it that we would bring a, a testimony about the wonders of God's grace in our lives? Steve prayed beside me um, this morning. He was just praising and thanking God for the grace that he has experienced personally in his life. And he verbalized and he gave a, a, a testament to that, a testimony. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be incredible if we would walk out of here with such a passion and excitement for the message of the gospel Scott's been bringing it to us week after week and to take it out into the world. Hey, there is a God and he so loves you. Oh my goodness, he loves you. He loves you in the midst of your brokenness. By the way, you are broken. You know, he loves you in the midst of that. And he's provided his son Jesus for you to find a way to get right with him again, to be saved, to have a relationship and all it takes is faith. Just believe. Just believe him. Oh, what if we got so passionate and excited about that news? What would it do to our community? What would it do for our valley and our state if we were to go out and to proclaim, testify regarding our relationship with God? Not somebody else's relationship with God, but your relationship with God. Just my, that would be enough. Simply my relationship. This morning we're looking at Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 17. This is Paul. He is in Miletus right now on his third missionary journey, and he is heading to Jerusalem. He wants to get to Jerusalem. He's wrapping up his missionary work because he's going to eventually end up in Rome, and there most likely die. So he calls, in Miletus, he calls uh, forth the elders out of Ephesus to come meet with him, and he wants to encourage them. And as we read these passages, I want us to look at Paul as an example of one who testifies concerning the good news of God's grace. Okay? We use him as an example. 
Now, he's unique. He's specially gifted, we know, as an apostle and as an evangelist, as a teacher, preaching the gospel. Uh, he goes around and establishes churches. But I just want you, as we l- read these verses, I want you to look and see what we can glean from um, his example of bringing testimony concerning the good news of God's grace. Chapter 20, verse 17. Now from Miletus, Paul, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink back from declaring, declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in that every city that, that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value. I'll repeat that one. But I do not account of my life any value, nor is precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the, mis- the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. And here his ministry is focused in on. And that is to testify to the gospel of what? The grace of God. Hmm. I want us to look at those few verses there and to begin with um, that his ministry was based, Paul's ministry was based in giving uh, testimony, testifying to God's grace, God's grace. And that's that's a, a, a really an easy message of God's grace. And Paul, his, his life was just bound in this message to testify about God's grace. The word testify there, um, it's used twice in the passage, it, it relates to a passionate and an intense communication of the truth, simply of the truth. It's what we would understand is you'd go to court and you would need to testify uh, concerning what you saw at an accident or a, a crime scene or something. You would, you would may not be passionate, but it would be intensely towards wanting to communicate the truth of the matter of what you saw and what you experienced there. Here, the word goes on to an, a passionate and repeated, a repeated expression of the truth. And Paul wanted to make this truth known. And over in 1 John, here, here we go, here we go, Jim. 1 John. Okay, I'm getting there. In 1 John, the Apostle John, the Disciple John, communicates about a witness that he had. And, and this is found encapsulated in Paul's life also. But John puts it this way. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, 
which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with, was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That's which, that which we have seen and heard, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. What Paul is giving a testimony to in this grace of God is the work of grace in his life as he experienced God. And when he gave testimony about the grace of God, it, it, was, it was bound in his, a personal relationship that he found with God. And, and he didn't talk about the relationships of other people and gave testimony of their relationship with God, but simply gave testimony of God's grace as it worked for him. And there's numerous times where he would give a, a story, his story, life story, of his encounter in chapter 9 of Acts where he encountered Christ and then the life-changing experience he had from that point forward. He would talk about how he used to live, that, that uh, he was a, a, a Pharisee of the highest degree, very educated. He would talk about he was a, a man after God in a religious way. He would tell how he stood for God and would persecute Christians and kill them or bring them in for um, um, prosecution and persecution. But then he would confess that and then he would say, something happened to me. And through Acts, you can see numerous stories where he tells about himself and his relationship with God and how God ministered grace to him in the forgiveness of his sins, and in that forgiveness, a thanksgiving for that grace that was extended to him. And now, his whole heart throb was to take that good news of his experience into the known world, both to Jew and to Gentile, to tell them about Christ. Paul was passionate. He spoke intensely, repeatedly, attesting to the truth of the grace of God. This gospel that Paul proclaimed is the gospel we proclaim, is it not? It's the one that Paul, that, um, I'm sorry, Scott brings to us repeatedly the good news of God's grace, of God's love for us, the forgiveness of our sins. And this message is not just for the elites, just not for those who are of the status of Paul, but they are for all of us. In Matthew 28, the, the encouragement from Jesus to go out into the whole world and, and make disciples. In Mark 16, the words of Christ for us to go out and proclaim that with our mouth, to proclaim it. Some say you shouldn't go around and be preaching to people or telling people about God. Just live your good life before it. And there was a famous preacher who said, preach Christ at all time, and if necessary, use words. And that was to bring home the point that we should live a life that undergirds what comes out of our mouth, that we walk our talk. But we must also talk. And here, Paul is giving a testimony, and he's testifying to not just living a life, but speaking the life also. 
to testify of God's grace. You, each and every one of you here today, have a life story, a spiritual journey that you can share with somebody. And it's an, if I was to tell you, that story in itself is enough. It's, it's just enough. Whatever the extent of the experience, spiritual experience that you have with the gospel of grace of God, it is enough testimony for God to leave his fingerprint on that person's life through your testimony. James McDonald made, made that statement. He says, the salvation story of each individual is the fingerprint of God within the church. I would say it's within fingerprint upon every person who shares that story and then to the person who receives that story. You all have a story to tell, and it's enough. In John chapter 9, John chapter 9, there's a wonderful story of Jesus healing a blind man, and he was blind from birth. And the disciples came and said, Jesus, how, how has this guy come to be blind? Was he blind uh, from birth because of this, his sin or the sin of his parents? And Jesus said, no, it wasn't uh, the sin of either of them that he was blind. It was for the glory of God. And he went, then proceeded to take some mud, spit in it, and made some mud and, and put it on his eyes, and a guy could see. And I'm going to go to John 9, because this is, this is an incredible, wonderful story of how simple, how simple a um, story can bring glory to God. Gospel of John, chapter 9. So the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, no. This is someone like him. But the blind man, who now could see, kept saying, I am the man. I am the man. And so they said to him, Well, then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, Well, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go and to Siloam and wash. And so I went and washed, and I received my sight. And they said to him, Well, where is he? And the man said, well, I don't know. I don't know. Was not giving testimony about what he didn't know? Only what he knew. He was blind, and now he could see. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind, and it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight, and they said to him, Well, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. And some of the Pharisees said, Well, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, Well, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. And they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? And the man said, Well, I think he's a prophet. The Jews did not believe uh, that he had been blind and had received his sight. So they called his parents. They went and got his parents, brought his parents in. They examined the parents. And the parents says, Hey, my son is of age. Don't ask us. Ask him. And so they brought the blind man who was blind now, could see back in. For the second time, they called the man. Now give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner, referring to Jesus. And he answered, Now whether he is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know is that though I was blind, now I see. That's profoundly simple and powerful 
of giving a testimony or testifying about God's grace. This is his experience. You know, this guy didn't know the whole life and story of Jesus. Maybe he didn't know the whole Old Testament related to the coming of the Messiah. And he wasn't knowledgeable. He had been blind his whole life and been begging. And that was his life. That's what he knew. And then he had an experience. He had a personal experience of God's grace upon him from being blind to seeing. All I know is I was blind and now I see. Can anybody make a statement like that? Just in your life, you know, I was this way yesterday. Today, it's different. When I was 28 years old, I, uh, for the third time, I was on my knees praying and crying out to God, Lord, have mercy on me, forgive me. Uh, I want to receive you into my heart. Got up and nothing was different. Two weeks later, I looked back and life was noticeably different from the moment I got up off my knees to two weeks later. I knew it, and I began to share it. And been sharing it ever since, that my life has changed. You know, that's enough of a story. I don't need to know the scriptures in and out because you have a scripture written on your very life, a story of God's grace minister to you. Is there an amen to that? I hope so. And if you're here today and you've not experienced God's grace, I believe the Spirit of God wants to minister that to you today and wants to bring a profound testimony into your life through His grace to minister to you. Now, back to the text. So we have this this Paul giving this example um, and he reflects three things now um, in the text that, that reaffirms his passion, his passion for testifying to the God, God's grace. And part of it goes back up into um, verse 24 where he says, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. One of the things that was able to get Paul to be so confident and bold and persistent and passionate about proclaiming Christ was that he considered himself of no value. He went to a place in his own heart and mind, says, you know what? This gift, what I've been given, is so profound and life-changing that what I had and what I lived before is nothing. Look at this in um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 9. Can you get that up there? Philippians chapter 3. And this is Paul reflecting back a little bit. And he says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss. He had a lot going for him, by the way. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as what? Rubbish. In order that I might gain Christ. We'll just stop there. His whole mindset was how he valued his own life related to God and the life he had in God. 
How do you value your life? Where does your life stand in value to others and to God? Typically, I'm out in front. Value Jim the most. I'm not proud of that, but it's just often the way it is. I proclaim God to be above myself, and yet so much of life is exemplified from me being first. But if I really get honest, I find that mm, I don't want to be first. I want God to be first. You know, my, this life that I live here is really of little value to the life that God has for me in Christ Jesus onto eternity, onto eternity. We have to ask the question, how much value do we place upon our life as opposed to the value of the grace of God? Also, Paul, along with that same verse, adds to, if only I might finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The second part of that verse there is that Paul, Paul was determined in bringing a testimony of the grace of God. That his, his face like Jesus, was like Flint, and it was going to be moved consistently, determined to finish the race from the beginning of his time with Christ in chapter uh, 9 of Acts to his death. He was purposed in his heart and mind to proclaim Christ and to proclaim the good news, to testify of the gospel. He wanted to finish his ministry and where did the ministry come from but from the Lord itself? It wasn't appointed to him by man. He says that in, in the beginning of other uh, books of the, uh, that he wrote, that he was an apostle, not appointed by man but by God. The ministry he had here was one that was given to him by the Lord, and he understood that and he received that, and so he purposed to maintain that ministry, that work of service, to the end. Could we take testifying of God's grace in our life to the very end of our life. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4, 6-7. It was his heart desire. For I am already being, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure comes. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Paul longed for the words from Christ, well done, good and faithful servant in testifying to the grace of God. Now, to close, you say, well, I'm not a Paul. No, you're not. Um, you may have a hard time boldly, plainly, clearly, passionately, intensely, repeatedly communicate the grace of God in your life. But, you are who you are by the grace of God, and you do have a story, do you not? And most of you don't feel that that story is enough. Peter says you are all a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, used for God's glory. And I believe one of the primary things is to minister God's grace to others by testifying concerning the grace in everybody else's life? Well, I might be part of it. The grace of God in your life. 
And Steve prayed. He understood that there was grace ministered to him, the grace of God, and he thanked God for it. You gave, uh, you testified to God's grace there, Steve. Sunday mornings when we come together, we testify of God's grace in gathering us together in a place. But you have a story. And this morning I want you to consider your story. It's powerful. It's unique. It's life-changing for you. And in it provides the opportunity for you to become an instrument of God by testifying of his grace. This guy got up here and picked up his guitar. It's great, Scott. And there's music that comes out of Scott or the worship team, music team, but they use what in order for that music to be manifested that's in their heart? An instrument. It's an instrument. You are God's instrument to manifest the testifying of his grace to this world. Think about it. Consider it today. Let's pray. Father, the last part that I left out that the passage clearly brings to us that Paul and we have no power in and of ourselves to be able to take even the grace, the message of grace, your grace upon us in Christ Jesus and to proclaim that effectively without the working of your Holy Spirit. And it is there uh, where maybe this whole message comes together that, yes, I don't have a great story, but you'll make it a great story through me. You'll take the simplicity of my life, Holy Spirit, and you'll speak to maybe one other person concerning your grace. Paul said he was bound by the Holy Spirit. He was constrained by the Holy Spirit. He was engulfed in the power of the Spirit to be able to speak and testify of God's grace. Holy Spirit, would you work that in our hearts today? Because apart from you, we're just hot air, at least I am, in speaking. But when you enter into the picture and you take us and begin to play a beautiful song of God's grace, something happens to those who hear and listen. And who knows, it might even be salvation. Thank you for our time together. Bless these people as they go their way. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen.